The source of the speeches I use here on the Choice Voice podcast comes from a list of the top 100 American speeches of the 20th century. This list is compiled by researchers at the University of Wisconsin-Madison and Texas A&M University, among other places. It reflects the opinions of 137 leading scholars of American public address. My choice of speeches should not be construed to reflect or promote any point of view. They are simply considered great speeches. Russell Conwell, Acres of Diamonds. Quick preface note here. This transcript is directly from the original speech given by Russell Conwell. It is considerably longer than the popularized versions that you may or may not have previously heard. And so I'm only going to read the first four pages of what is, I think, about 10 or 11 or 12 pages long. When going down the Tigris and Euphrates rivers many years ago with a party of English travelers, I found myself under the direction of an old Arab guide whom we hired up at Baghdad. And I have often thought how that guide resembled our barbers in certain mental characteristics. He thought that it was not only his duty to guide us down those rivers and do what he was paid for doing, but to entertain us with stories curious and weird, ancient and modern, strange and familiar. Many of them I have forgotten, and I am glad I have, but there is one I shall never forget. The old guide was leading my camel by its halter along the banks of those ancient rivers, and he told me story after story until I grew weary of his storytelling and ceased to listen. I have never been irritated with that guide when he lost his temper as I ceased listening, but I remember that he took off his Turkish cap and swung it in a circle to get my attention. I could see it through the corner of my eye, but I determined not to look straight at him for fear he would tell another story. But although I am not a woman, I did finally look, and as soon as I did, he went right into another story. Said he, I will tell you a story now, which I reserve for my particular friends. When he emphasized the words particular friends, I listened, and I have ever been glad I did. I really feel devoutly thankful that there are 1,674 young men who have been carried through college by this lecture who are also glad that I did listen. The old guide told me that there once lived, not far from the river Indus, an ancient Persian by the name of Ali Hafed. He said that Ali Hafed owned a very large farm, that he had orchards, grain fields, and gardens, that he had money at interest, and was a wealthy and contented man. One day, there visited that old Persian farmer, one of those ancient Buddhist priests, one of the wise men of the East. He sat down by the fire and told the old farmer how this old world of ours was made. He said that this world was once a mere bank of fog and that the Almighty thrust his finger into this bank of fog and began slowly to move his finger around, increasing the speed, until, at last, he whirled this bank of fog into a solid ball of fire. Then it went rolling through the universe, burning its way through other banks of fog, and condensed the moisture without until it fell in floods of rain upon its hot surface and cooled the outward crust. 
Then, the internal fires bursting outward through the crust, threw up the mountains and hills, the valleys, the plains, and prairies of this wonderful world of ours. If this internal molten mass came bursting out and cooled very quickly, it became granite, less quickly copper, less quickly silver, less quickly gold, and after gold, diamonds were made. Said the old priest, a diamond is a congealed drop of sunlight. Now that is literally scientifically true, that a diamond is an actual deposit of carbon from the sun. The old priest told Ali Hafed that if he had one diamond the size of his thumb, he could purchase the county. And if he had a mine of diamonds, he could place his children upon thrones through the influence of their great wealth. Ali Hafed heard all about diamonds, how much they were worth, and went to his bed that night a poor man. He had not lost anything, but he was poor because he was discontented, and discontented because he feared he was poor. He said, I want a mine of diamonds, and he lay awake all night. We'll continue reading from this speech transcript after a quick break. Now back to where we left off. Early in the morning, he sought out the priest. I know by experience that a priest is very cross when awakened early in the morning, and when he shook that old priest out of his dreams, Ali Hafed said to him, Will you tell me where I find diamonds? Diamonds? What do you want with diamonds? Why, I wish to be immensely rich. Well, then go along and find them. That is all you have to do. Go and find them, and then you have them. But I don't know where to go. Well, if you will find a river that runs through white sands between high mountains, in those white sands you will always find diamonds. I don't believe there is any such river. Oh yes, there are plenty of them. All you have to do is go and find them, and then you have them, said Ali Hafed. I will go. So he sold his farm, collected his money, left his family in charge of a neighbor, and away he went in search of diamonds. He began his search, very properly to my mind, at the Mountains of the Moon. Afterward, he came around into Palestine, then wandered on to Europe, and at last, when his money was all spent and he was in rags, wretchedness, and poverty, he stood on the shore of that bay at Barcelona in Spain, when a great tidal wave came rolling in between the pillars of Hercules, and the poor, afflicted, suffering, dying man could not resist the awful temptation to cast himself into that incoming tide, and he sank beneath its foaming crest, never to rise in this life again. Then, after that old guide had told me that awfully sad story, he stopped the camel I was riding on and went back to fix the baggage that was coming off another camel, and I had an opportunity to muse over his story while he was gone. I remember saying to myself, why did he reserve that story for his particular friends? There seemed to be no beginning, no middle, no end, nothing to it. That was the first story I had ever heard told in my life, and would be the first one I ever read, in which the hero was killed in the first chapter. I had but one chapter of that story, and the hero was dead. When the guide came back and took up the halter of my camel, he went right ahead with the story, into the second chapter, just as though there had been no break. The man who purchased Ali Hafed's farm one day let his camel into the garden to drink, and as that camel put its nose into the shallow water of that garden brook, Ali Hafed's successor 
noticed a curious flash of light from the white sands of the stream. He pulled out a black stone having an eye of light reflecting all the hues of the rainbow. He took the pebble into the house and put it on the mantle which covers the central fires and forgot all about it. A few days later, this same old priest came in to visit Ali Hafed's successor and the moment he opened that drawing room door, he saw that flash of light on the mantle and he rushed up to it and he shouted, Here is a diamond. Has Ali Hafed returned? Oh no, Ali Hafed has not returned and that is not a diamond. That is nothing but a stone we found right out here in our own garden. But, said the priest, I tell you, I know a diamond when I see it. I know positively that is a diamond. Then, together, they rushed out into that old garden and stirred up the white sands with their fingers, and lo, there came up other, more beautiful and valuable gems than the first. Thus, said the guide to me, was discovered the diamond mine of Golconda, the most magnificent diamond mine in all the history of mankind, excelling the Kimberley itself, the Kohinoor and the Orloff of the crown jewels of England and Russia, the largest on earth, came from that mine. When that old Arab guide told me the second chapter of his story, he then took off his Turkish cap and swung it around in the air again to get my attention to the moral. Those Arab guides have morals to their stories, although they are not always moral. As he swung his hat, he said to me, had Ali Hafed remained at home and dug in his own cellar, or underneath his own wheat fields, or in his own garden, instead of wretchedness, starvation, and death by suicide in a strange land, he would have had acres of diamonds. For every acre of that old farm, yes, every shovelful afterward, revealed gems which since have decorated the crowns of monarchs. And this is where I say the story goes on further, discussing the California gold rush in the 1840s and so forth. Perhaps that would be an interesting future read. But for now, that's the end of Acres of Diamonds. This podcast and our other podcast are productions of Little Red Hen Industries. The supporting cast who helps me bake the bread includes Techno King, John C. Brandy, Fact Checker, Abraham Lincoln, French Consultant, Virginia Mitchell, Media Expert, Favor, Abasi Ike, Psychologist, Sigmund Freud, Rabbit Hole Advisor, Dr. Mark Parrott, Sound Designer, Guglielmo Marconi, Spanish Consultant, Cameron J.K. Brandy, Videographer, Alfred Hitchcock, Audio Props, Les Paul, and Inspiration Goes to Napoleon Hill, Earl Nightingale, and Bob Proctor. We also have a website, and you can subscribe to both podcasts. You can even send us a video, audio, or text message. But of course, you'll have to head to the show notes, either on your phone or on the web, to actually get links and stuff. I mean, I could read the URLs where you could subscribe, support, or leave one of those video or audio messages, but you really don't want me to do that. And those explicit and clickable links are in the show notes. Finally, you can find us on Podmatch, where we consider guests, as well as consider guesting on other people's pods. And really, finally, the music for our pods comes from Cute by Ben Sound and from Piano Background by Nick Simon Adams, both on freesound.org.